Hey there, friend. I'm thrilled that you've decided to join me each week here on the podcast as I read through the Inventory Genius book. Now, if you're anything like me, you're going to put these principles into practice so much more quickly if you highlight, underline, and put dates beside each actionable step. So if you haven't grabbed your paper copy of the Inventory Genius book yet, I want to encourage you to head on over to sierrastockland.com and grab your copy. I'm so excited to sign it and drop it in the mail for you. I want you to have that paper copy in front of you as you listen each week to each chapter I read. This way, as things stand out to you, as you have questions, as you have thoughts, and as you decide to take action, you can highlight, underline, and follow along in the paper copy as you listen to me read each chapter. So head on over to sierrastockland.com, grab your copy, I'll sign it, and I'll drop it in the mail. Now back to the podcast. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast. I am your host, Sierra, and today I get to chat with several other business women. I'm really excited about the conversation. They all have inventory in common um, and they all have business life in common. Other than that, they're all very different, different places in the country, different type of inventory-based business. And so I think you're going to learn a lot. We're going to be talking about numbers and what they've learned in 2023. So as we're wrapping up this year, I thought it would be such a fun conversation to chat with business owners about um, what they're learning or what they have learned in 2023 and what they're going to try to take into 2024. So really excited to have everyone. Um, I am gonna go around the room and have each of these lovely ladies introduce themselves um, and just tell you who they are, what kind of inventory they have, what kind of business they have, um, and then after we hear and um, and know who we're talking with today, we're going to be talking to each one of them individually. So let's go ahead and start with Jenny. Um, Jenny, I'm putting you on the spot. You are going to go first, and then we'll jump over to Jennifer. Um, but Jenny, tell us, uh, let's see, we'll unmute you here so we can hear you. There we go. Perfect. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell us where you're located, what kind of inventory you have, what you're doing in your business life right now. Okay, so um, my name is Jenny Kelly, and I am located in Panama City, Florida, um, and my specialty is graphic t-shirts. Um, when I started with Sierra, I was strictly wholesaling, and now I've transitioned into focusing on my brick and mortar, um, but yeah, so all of my inventory is graphic t-shirts. That's so interesting, and do you remember how you found me? Yeah, so I listened to your podcast. Um, I think it was like a year. I mean, I listened to okay. you for like a very long time. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get on her website. And then that's just kind of how it all started. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting as I was thinking of chatting with each one of you guys today, the journey for every business to their learning place is very different. So I remember our first consult call together and um, I just was like, I have to work with this girl. This is going to be such a fun project. I loved your um, humble spirit, your willingness to learn. I loved your go-get attitude, but it took you a while to get to the place where you were ready. So we had the consult call and then you worked through a couple other projects. You had some other things going on 
and then you came back around. We did our mastermind this fall. Um, I always host for our mastermind participants to live events. So we were in your neck of the woods, actually in Florida on the beach. Um, and that was your first experience. I remember you saying to the group, like, you are all amazing. And I was nervous coming. So tell us after that event, why you feel it's important to be part of a community of business owners. Um, so the, honestly, the real reason on why I was so nervous to attend is because I unfortunately have not had the best experience dealing with other business owners. And I think after you have so many bad experiences, you're like, well, I just like, don't really want to be around other business owners. Cause not everybody is so like nice. And you hope when you go to an event like that, you can be open about your business because at the end of the day, like that's the whole purpose of that mastermind. But when I went within probably honestly, like 30 minutes of going, I was like, wow, this is not at all like what I thought it was going to be like in a good way. I mean, everyone was very nice. Um, and even though there were so many different businesses, it was very easy to relate to a lot of people. And it's mm. kind of shocking how many different things, depending on, you know, it doesn't even really matter the stage of business that you're in. I think you can relate to a lot more people than you realize. And even though you have your problems per se, you're, you're not alone, even though sometimes yeah. it feels that way. Yeah. So. And it's so good to be reminded of that, that you're not alone and then build those friendships and relationships. So when you need someone to connect with, you have a base of good people. So it was yes. awesome to see that you really enjoyed the events and connected yeah. right away. I love it. All yeah. right, Jennifer, let's chat with you. Um, tell me where you're from, what you do. Um, and yeah, let's dive into your story a little bit. Okay, my name is Jennifer Weber, and I am from Berkeley, Nebraska, about the center of the U.S. as you get. I think Carney is the access center, about 40 minutes. But, so we're smack dab in the middle. Um, I have a shirt company, so we print t-shirts for schools and activities and businesses. Um, I do sell a little bit, not as much anymore. Um, and then I have a boutique out in front because we live in a town of 700 people. So we have like a little area in front of the store just for some shopping. I love it. Awesome. And I'm going to have you just come really close to the mic. So we make sure we catch all your words. <laughs> I think it's because Sorry. you're all the way that you're all the way in the middle of Nebraska. So, you know, to get that voice all the way down here to Tennessee, um, we have to have good reception. So um, what I love about Jennifer is um, you are, your business is in a very, very small community and you're doing really well, even though you have a very small population around you. I hear this a lot um, when people are not getting the results that they see out of their business and they're in a smaller community. It's easy to blame outside circumstances for that. Well, I just don't have the people. I don't have enough traffic. But you found a very particular niche in your community. You do a lot of um, work with schools and with larger corporations, printing and things like that. So you found a way to make a name for yourself. You're very involved in your community. Um, do you remember how you first found me? I found you through Nicole Lindhorst. That's right. Um, yes. So she's in the mastermind. Yes. yes she I was my upline when I did Bling by Zing. And she, I was talking to her one day, telling her I wasn't sure I wanted to continue doing it because I wasn't making any money. And she was like, you need to 
era. <laughs> All right. And then, yeah, and we had quite a few conversations too before you were ready and at a point where you're like, I want to do this because it is scary to invest in any type of education or coaching consulting. And I think even with that, like Jenny mentioned, we get burnt in communities. I know a lot of us have been burnt with programs we've tried or, you know, people that promise that they can help. And then we sign up for things and we get lost or we don't get what we um, thought we were going to get. And so sometimes it's hard to bite the bullet and do that. Um, do you remember when you decided to to go ahead and join the group and start letting me help you dig into your numbers? Um, what made you do that? Like what made you bite the bullet and go for it? Because it was scary for you. It was. Um, I finally just decided I was sick of doing all of the things and not making any money doing all of the things. I was working till late at night sometimes. And then I saw zero income from anything because I was just putting it right back in or I was putting things on credit cards and it was just a vicious circle. Yeah. So you had enough and <laughs> we've been yeah. digging in and I'm excited in a little bit here. I'm going to have you share some things that you've learned and changed because we've made a lot of changes in your business in 2023. Um, Natalia, let's jump over to you. And then we'll finish off with Wendy here. So Natalia, tell us um, what kind of inventory do you have? Awesome. Um, okay, my name is Natalia Willetz and I have three brands which have different types of inventory. Uh, my main one is a retail shop that does custom picture framing. Uh, we also sell fine art and gifts. And then my other two brands are um, making and services. So I'm an artist, my mom's an artist, and th that's what comprises those two. So we've got um, lots of different type types of inventory swirling around here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, which is why I came to you because it's very difficult to manage. Um, yeah, because you do have, you have the making side. You, you do stock ready to sell inventory. Then you do framing. So you have a service component. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. The framing is sort of manufacturing in a way. So right. it, yeah, we've got, yeah, a lot of different components. Yes. And I don't remember how you found me. Do you remember? Yeah. I found you through um, Susan Bradley's podcast. Sure. And there was a challenge that you did in the summer of last year okay <laughs> and like what year is that I don't know it's the end of November I can't think straight um and I um it was a a debt-free challenge and um I wasn't in debt necessarily but I was um trying to uh trying to really hone in on my profitability and understand what my numbers meant yes that is and you like you like looking at the numbers and you love spreadsheets so you weren't afraid of the numbers do you feel like it was more just knowing what to look at that you were curious about I was so confused on what anything meant like I I come from a math background but accounting is not math yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't understand like what inventory versus cost of goods sold meant and at what point you 
uh, you're looking at either one of them. So my books were a complete disaster before I met you. And, um, and it, it was just learning all of those terms in a way that was explained by a human and not by like QuickBooks Online, which never yeah. seemed to be the the correct type of uh, inventory or whatever I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. We've had some fun projects and have simplified some things down or a lot of things down. So I'm excited to come back and chat about what you've learned in 2023. Cause I think it's been, you've made a lot of changes in progress. So very good. And Wendy, Wendy has been around the block with me for a while. Um, tell us who you are, where you are and what kind of inventory you sell. Okay, well, I am Wendy Grimes. I live in Enterprise, Alabama, very South Alabama, kind of near the beaches in Florida. And I have a women's clothing store. So I have clothing and accessories for women. I love it. And you, when I met you, you had that. And then we added another business in between conversations. And then you came back to the table and we move through that. Tell us that story just briefly, because I think that's a really interesting thing that a lot of us as entrepreneurs go through in some shape or form. Sure. So I did. Um, so I found Sierra on a Facebook group. I was just scrolling through Facebook and I think you were doing a whiteboard session or something and one of the boutique groups. And I just jumped in there. I was like, well, this is fun. Maybe I'll hang out here for a while. So I did that kind of near the beginning, you know, several years ago. Yeah. Well, I, you know, went kind of through the loop of all the information. And so I stepped away for a little while. And during that little while, I opened a children's clothing store across the street from my store, which I enjoyed and I thought was fun. It was, it was, you know, an adventure. I was like, it's something our town needs. We're missing this component. Um, I've got someone that I've hired that'll suit that, you know, can manage it for me. I felt very confident about it. Opened the store. The store was successful. Um, but I didn't love it. It wasn't fun like the women's clothing store. This is my heart. Um, yeah. The, you know, the community, you know, we accepted it, but it just wasn't booming like the women's clothing store was. So I uh, spoke to, at that point, I'd come back to the group and really spoke to Sierra about, you know, what my options were. And I ended up selling my women's clothing store. So I own the building. So I leased back to the new owner. So I still have a part of downtown and having that building but I don't have the headache of having that store. Yeah. The kids clothing store you sold. Kids clothing kept, store. Yep. Yep. And you kept the women's, which you love Yeah, and yeah. And it's thriving and yeah. And a part of that is just because you have a singular focus and you really enjoy it. It's you. I love it. Your mom works for you. It's just yeah. the best. Yeah. You have a really good team. So let's talk to Jenny about kind of that same thing. Like, cause you've done a lot of simplifying in 2023 so what do you feel like 2023 has taught you about simplifying and streamlining your business? Because when you started with me, you were wholesale. We were dabbling in retail a little bit. Now you're all retail. That is a major swing. Talk to us about that a little bit. So <clears throat> I went back and forth with you because the big question was I, it was almost like I was running two totally different businesses, but all under the same roof. And it was all the same employees. It was all meshed together, but it was two totally different things. 
And I just finally came to the point where I, number one, was having a nervous breakdown because it was very complicated. You were dealing with two different, completely different bodies of customers too. And dealing with like business owners and then dealing with like the public and your normal customers, that's very different. And it just came down to the point I loved wholesale so much, but I was literally wholesaling out of a retail store. And like, that just didn't make any sense. And when I was talking with you and the numbers and you're like, well, what do you want to do? Cause like, obviously I knew I had to simplify it and I knew I had to make a decision. You suggested, which in the moment I was like, this lady is crazy, but she was like, well, you can just focus on your store and do half the amount of production and make the same amount of money, if not more because anybody that does wholesale there's not a lot of money in it unless you're doing like mass production yeah and I and I was but like I had my store and I wasn't even selling my own inventory out of it I was reselling inventory because I just couldn't keep up to it so I made that hard decision and it truly like simplified my life because now I don't have to work as much we don't have to push push as much inventory but our numbers are the same if not better I mean because our profit margin is like really really good yeah Uh, you and I were talking about this um on our coaching call actually recently just how sad it is that we're seeing so many businesses around the country closing yes and honestly a lot of it is because they do not have an understanding of what's going on with the numbers behind the scenes like they can sell like we're business owners we can sell we know trends all of those pieces but if you aren't watching your numbers and running your business off of facts and data instead of emotion, you will run yourself into the ground. And that is what's happening. And people are accumulating so much business debt. Your margins are phenomenal because you produce all your product, but now you sell them to the public. So you don't have to do the mass quantity, which gives you more rest and (laughs) more life. You have little people in your house. So, you know, to be able to spend time with your daughter whenever you want to, um, Talk about how scary it was to eliminate a revenue stream because this was not like, okay, I'll just shut down wholesale. Like it was making you money. No, I think we literally, like, I think every call for like three months straight, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then one day I was, I just, I was exhausted. I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like I honestly, I lost my passion. That's, that's what it turned into. And I knew that it was my passion. I literally almost like when I did make the decision to sell my wholesale, like I literally almost was like sick to my stomach and because it was my comfort zone, the people really liked our product. They really liked us. Like it was, you know, something I could do with like my eyes closed and asleep and retail, there's just so much more to it. Um, but I just realized that something's got to give. So I just made the decision and it didn't take long for me to realize I made the right decision. I mean, it was definitely, obviously we looked at the numbers. It wasn't just like this impulsive decision that I made, but it was really looking at the numbers. And I remember our first, I think it was like our like call where we like figure out, you know, if we're like fit for each other or whatever. I, I remember I told you, I was like, I think wholesale is eating away my profit of retail. Yeah. I think I knew the whole time. I just needed somebody, you know, the outsider to like, tell me someone that is a professional with numbers to say, 
yeah, like you're yeah. right. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Just having that outside perspective of someone that's not emotionally attached, because we do, we all know. I mean, Wendy, you knew that you didn't have a passion for the kids store. You could you make it? Yes, you're a great business owner, but you didn't have a passion for it. So, Wendy, when you made that choice, was that how did how did you come to the conclusion? Because we don't want as business owners, we feel like, well, I'm I'm failing, or I should just give it a little bit more time. How did you draw the line in the sand and say? I just want to go back to focusing at help, you know, with hello beautiful. And there's nothing failure about that. How did your mind work through that problem? Yeah, that's a great point because um, I'm definitely a very um, success driven um, individual. And so the idea of, okay, I opened this store on main street. Um, I have a successful women's clothing store. I opened this business. And at first I actually did not consider selling. I was just going to yeah. close the business. Um, it was in between seasons of buying and I was just at that place where I was like, okay, I've got to make a decision. I'm either going to buy more goods for six months out, or this is the time I have to just make a decision. Um, and what happened is someone had actually asked me about buying my building. And that's when I was like, huh, there's something more here that I need to discover. And then we talked a little bit more about it and, you know, your idea of why would you not try to sell it first, you know, sell the business. Yeah. Um, my husband and I discussed that they're not making more buildings downtown. That is a commodity I wanted to keep because there's a high desire to be in downtown enterprise. Um, and so having a building I could rent um, was good, but having a business I could sell and leave in that spot as an automatic renter was even better. Yeah. Yeah. And so the moment I put out um, the post, I had three people approach me about it. So I was just really shocked, I guess, that. I had built a business in such a short time because it was only open just shy of a year and a half um, yeah. that I could sell. And I was yeah. just so proud of that. I think that turned my mindset around is like, wow, I never thought of that. I thought I'd just liquidate this business. And now I'm actually selling the business. I don't have to go into liquidation mode. Um, and I can still, yeah, own I, my if she leaves in two to three years, I'll find another tenant. Yeah. And then you had that tenant. That I've worked with so many clients on the same thing with Jenny. She's like, I'll just be done. I'm like, why wouldn't you try to sell it? You guys have built amazing things. There's assets involved. Even if you don't get, you know, even if you get a little bit of money out of it, instead yeah. of going through the pain and hassle of liquidation, let's try to sell it. So um, we've worked with lots of businesses that have sold portions or revenue streams or customers or assets that they have. Um and it's just always really interesting that we don't go to that right away. We just think, well, we'll just close, you know? So um, you were able to sell it to someone who is a great fit for it. And now you have a renter. So it's all good. Um, Natalia, you really worked this year on simplifying and streamlining because you have all of these different revenue streams, different kinds of inventory. You have a team that does a lot of things that we were always pulling at you. So you felt like you could never get anything done. Um, I remember when I came to your VIP day and we spent the day together, you said, is it okay if we don't really work on inventory? Can we just work on my schedule? <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. We're here to work on whatever will advance your business. You did a lot of hard work when it came to simplifying and streamlining um, the operations of your business. What did you learn about that in 2023? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. So 
the main or at the start of 2023 i um was doing pretty much everything um for uh for the businesses on the, at least on the on the business side i was even my mom's brand taking care of all of her stuff and it was um and when yeah. we say everything we say like you're doing QuickBooks, you're doing front of store sales, you're doing marketing, you're doing customer service, you're doing scheduling, like you were doing everything. Production, buying, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, I, I definitely um, am very lucky because I found the right people this year. Um, it has taken a, a while because there used to just be um, me, my mom, and then our uh, stellar employee, Sue, who has worked in the business um, that I purchased the framing business for 35 years. So she had, um, she has a wealth of knowledge, uh, but it was just the three of us and we were tired a lot of the time. And we finally yeah. found um, two gals that are are young and they are powerhouses um so the the more or the longer that they've worked for me the more i've been able to delegate things to them that have taken a lot of work off my plate and I, even though i'm i'm making up stuff to be uh stressed out about and like and busy for this november um i actually have the lease on my plate for a November in the last five years and it feels really good they are taking care of all of the front of house the purchasing of uh, product the production of product every once in a while they call me in to do a specific task but it's it's so much simpler um, and then part of that too is we're getting we're toning down <laughs> limiting what we do in a couple of the revenue streams that we have um one big one that we discuss a lot at the mastermind in september is uh significantly reducing the art supplies that i sell and um the numbers historically have been less than um, it, revenue wise, art supplies brings in less than 4% of my business, but the downtown always knew about my business as the art supply store. And so I, when I took over five years ago, I invested a lot in, um, maintaining and, uh, building up that art supplies part of the store. I dedicated about 25% of the, um, the showroom to it. Uh, then I, when I started with you, I realized, oh, art supplies is only 40% or 4%, not 40%, <laughs> 4%. I reduced that space to about 10% of my square footage. But then it, back in September, realized, actually, when we look at how much time we spend with customers in that one section and um, how much inventory we had to buy whenever we, we were um, 
getting ready to purchase because there were lots of minimums on uh, art supplies, it, we ended up losing money on yeah. a lot of that. So making that, that decision um, is freeing up a, a lot of time for us because now we can, we can say goodbye to something that isn't working. And that yeah. feels good. Uh, and now we won't be spending so much time and energy on maintaining our online presence in that particular uh, facet of the business because Art Supplies has probably 3,000 SKUs in my online store. And yeah. um, we weren't taking regular inventory on that. So we were overselling certain things and it it was just it was a mess so reducing complexity like that has been really good as well yeah there's a couple things I hope everyone can pull from what Natalia said you know everybody that comes to me comes for one of two reasons either they have a lot of debt they want to fix like take care of that or the question of like I'm making the sales I have a lot of sales but I don't know where the money is going like those are the two questions and we tackle all of that, but what people don't understand is a lot of the solving of either of those problems is not just a cash problem. It's, there's a lot of mindset work, which I think you guys can hear as you're listening, like a lot of thinking through willing, being willing to edit your business. So removing the emotion out of decision-making, looking at the data, figuring out where you fit. So both Natalia and Jenny mentioned like being completely overwhelmed because they were doing all of the different pieces. So being able to remove yourself from every facet of the business. So that's, we do a lot of work. It's not just, let's look at your profit and loss statement again, you know, this week, but what's going into the business? How, what kind of leader are you? What kind of team do you have? Um, for those of you who are listening, you can't see, but Natalia has a curtain behind her, which is actually really cool because this was a struggle. She has a very teeny tiny office and we talked about how do we get people to stop coming in and interrupting your work. And she said, I think I need to put a curtain up and she has her curtain up. And so she had this, and when that curtain is up, it means do not bother me. I am working. Um, and that efficiency creates profit those efficiencies create profit. So while it might seem silly, it's actually hard to do some of those changes, but they do create profitability. So Jennifer, let's jump over to you. Um, before we started working together, where did you feel most overwhelmed in your business? Um, it was kind of all overwhelming. I had employees, but they were constantly asking me questions, again, kind of like Natalia. Um, they didn't fully grasp how to print things, how to, I don't know, do the different things, um, order things. I'm still working on streamlining that whole process. So like when an order comes in, it and run with it. And I don't have to tell them how to do it. But if I would leave, I would get anywhere from 10 to 12 phone calls a day sometimes. Yeah, so so much work outside of just your office hours. Yeah. One thing that we worked on that I'm so proud of you, so I have to share with everyone. Um, 
you have a business because you do big, big printing orders for big entities like schools and charity functions and things like that. Um, and that's the majority of your business. And you have such a good heart. You had a lot of customers who, you know, maybe took a little bit advantage of that good heart. And you had a lot of money on the table as we were looking through your accounts receivable. I was like, what, what's all this? Can we, what, can we collect this? What is this? You know, what's going on? So you told me the story of, you know, this is that customer and this is, you know, they haven't paid me for a year and these people haven't. And so I challenged you to collect the money and you did the brave and hard thing. And did we collect all that money? We did. Um, you actually even told me to offer them just like, you know, pay $2,000 and we'll call it good. And I just went back to a couple of them and I was like, hey, can we set it up so that it comes out monthly? And I ended up getting the full amount from all three people that I was waiting on for one of them was, I mean, from 2021. Yeah, it was a lot of cash. So, you know, there's things like that, that we can see we're struggling in our business. We don't have cash flow, and maybe we have a lot of accounts receivable on the books and we don't know what to do with that. And we just need someone to say like, it's okay to tell people they need to pay you what they owe you. And here's a tool to do it. And the accountability of, I'll ask you on our next call, how that collection went, you know, but you actually did the work. That's something that I think is, is really important. Wendy, I'd love your feedback because you've been in business You've been around, you know, you've been to a couple masterminds. What do you think separates people like Jennifer, who it's really hard, but she did it because I give the same information to all of the people and some people don't do the work. What, what do you think is, what's the mindset difference that you observed? Like, why do some of us do the work and some of us just don't? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I don't know that I have the answer to that. What I can tell you is for myself, and I was just thinking about this is why I've been in the group and why it's important to me is I feel like I understood the business. I have a corporate retail background, so I'm fortunate to have worked over 30 years in corporate retail and you've been taught all the things about P&Ls and how to run a profitable business and all those things, but I missed that accountability. So I think you're either personally accountable or you're not. Um, you know, if I say I'm going to do something and you and I discuss it, I'm going to follow up and get it done because I don't want to come back the next time. I'm also very um, compliant. I don't want to come back and say I didn't do the thing that we discussed. Yeah. I think you either have that deep in your heart of being personally accountable or not. Um, but for me, that's kind of why I grew, joined the group again and stayed in was that Number one, I enjoy having peers and I lost that when I left the corporate world. I had, you know, district managers that were alongside of me. I had store managers alongside of me, assistant managers. I always had a team, a large team, and I always had people I could bounce ideas off of. Like, hey, I have an issue with an employee. What would you do? Here's how I handled it. And I lost all of that when I came and opened my own business four years ago. So I felt kind of alone. And now I'm never alone because I have all of these peers, even though they all have different businesses. They all have things that are going on that are similar to things that I have going on. And I can always find one yeah. person that's kind of going through the same thing. Um, and I love to mentor people too. So like it, it works out that like we're mentoring yeah. each other and then we get your mentorship. So it's like a gift upon a gift. Um, but I really think people just like, I wouldn't waste my time joining a group like this if you're not going to do the work because yeah. you're just put, throwing money at something you think someone else can fix. And we all yes. have to work everything isn't easy it's like 
you know, Jennifer having to make collections. I mean, that's hard. Asking really hard. For money that they owe you, but by gosh, they owe it to you. So we don't do this for free. This is not a nonprofit organization. So I just, you know, like I said, I think it's just so great to have a community around you. Um, but you've got to be ready for it because if you just come to this party and you're not ready to do the work, I, I don't think that you'll stay around very long. Yeah. And this is not fun. This is not fun work to do, you know, getting down, admitting what the numbers look like, writing it down, looking at it black and white. I mean, we're digging into financials. We're digging into the debt that we've accumulated. We're digging into the reason why all of those things, but on the flip side, the feeling of freedom, like I don't have to work Saturdays if I don't want to, I don't have to answer the phone nights and weekends anymore. I don't have to sell art supplies just because the other owner sold them. If they don't serve a purpose, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, that feeling is fun, you know? And so we do the hard work so we can get to that really good place. Um, I just can't stress enough how much my heart just goes out to these business owners. There are so many of you listening all around the country, struggling in different ways. Um, you know, maybe you're taking over a second generation, third generation business, and there's no systems, there's no processes. You want something that your parents or your grandparents built to thrive. And you have that stress of like, how do I keep this going? You know, maybe you are a solo entrepreneur, you're doing all of the things, you're completely burnt out. You're like, how did I get to this spot? Um, maybe you have multiple locations and you have a huge team and everyone's relying on you for their paycheck. And there's so much stress that comes. I mean, we all have a different story. I would love each one of you in closing today to give our listeners some hope. What is something that you could offer as a, a beacon of hope to whoever's listening that we can make it through a hard economic time? All we hear is bad stuff. Like people, there's no, people are spending money, guys. I'm just going to say it. Like everyone on this call has you know, had sales in the last several days, like people are spending money, they might be spending it differently, but the customers are still spending, there are still customers for us, all we hear is just the negative side of things. So what kind of hope can we offer? Let's start with Natalia, and then I'll jump over to Jennifer, Jenny, and we'll end with Wendy. Okay. Um, put me on the spot here Sarah. I did I, I didn't even offer this question to him I just kept thinking as you guys are offering you know it's just so fun to see the smiles on your face and just I want this for every business owner I want every business owner to feel like I'm not working for free and I am worth something and my product's worth something and I can make it I have to do the hard things but I can make it and so I did put you on the spot because I just, I think we all have such good things to offer. Yeah. yeah. What's your beacon of hope to share? Um, uh, whenever I'm feeling very overwhelmed, uh, and, um, dispassionate about my business, even though it's art, which is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, it's, uh, connecting with my customers that really, uh, grounds me and makes me feel like all of it is worth it. Um, I have the privilege of framing very sentimental items um, a lot of the time. And I, um, I, 
the work that I do often brings people to tears and happy tears. <laughs> and it is so magical to have that impact on somebody um, because I know that the work that I've done, they will treasure for the rest of their lives. Um, and then I've also, um, I, the fall was kind of difficult for me, but I, uh, we were kind of down in sales. Um, but I uh, reached out to my customer base uh, by offering them a um, a customer appreciation day, and uh, and I sent out personalized Christmas cards to everybody. Um, well, everybody within certain parameters, and I got so much feedback on that like they were um it, i think that customer appreciation day which we've never done before was our biggest sales day of the year and that felt absolutely amazing that people are listening to me and yes. enthusiastic for what i do it, for what i'm doing um and then all of the uh the connections that I feel when um, people come in because they received my personalized Christmas card and like they know that I value them and to to know that I'm not just throwing stuff out into a void. I've got I've got a community uh, with me and that's something that I would never I think be able to have if I was in a corporate job. Like yeah. that is extremely special. Um, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think more than ever, we have to connect on a personal relationship um, piece with each one of our customers going into 2024. That's what will set us apart. What is one number focused activity every entrepreneur needs to do in 2024? I'm putting you on the spot again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving everyone else a heads up because I'm going to ask you all that too. Number one activity. Yeah, that will help push them through in a positive way in 2024. A non-negotiable with the numbers. Um. Okay, uh, I have um, focused for the first time ever on turn in my business, uh, which is something that I didn't even know existed until I uh, started working with you. And that has given me a ton of clarity on what is and isn't selling. And that um, th that is what is behind the, the art supplies being phased out. And um, that yeah the clarity that has come around that particular uh item is huge. I love that yeah I love it thank you all right Jenny let's chat with you quick what is your beacon of hope what kind of hope can you give to our listeners and then yeah what is one non-negotiable numbers activity everyone has to focus on in 2024 um I think the biggest thing is 
just don't be afraid to like ask for help. Um, whether that's like a business coach like you or your employees or like just like anyone in general, I think as business owners, depending on the type of business owner you are, like me, I just like to do everything myself. And like yeah. that really complicated my life that complicated my mental health. And I think for me and maybe other people, sometimes people feel like if they ask for help, that means like they're a failure. And I just don't think you should feel that way. Um, mm. You can learn so from like so many different people, like whether it's just a podcast, I'm a huge podcast advocate. That's how I found you. And I learned so much from you or even speakers. And I think just asking for help is really going to help through this like crazy times of like being a business owner. And when you do get that help or suggestion, like be open-minded, like mm. you have to change. I think business owners don't want to change and the people yeah. that don't want to change, like it's hard. Like it's just, you have to adapt and ask for help. So that's, that would be my. So biggest. good. Yeah. And be willing to listen. So when yeah. you ask for the help, be open-minded. Yes. And be willing to change. It is really hard for entrepreneurs because we have this vision and dream of what we anticipated our business to look like. And it rarely looks like that. And so yeah. if we are not willing to change and pivot and grow, we will be stuck. What's a numbers activity you're committing to in 2024 and every business owner? Absolutely. It's non-negotiable. Um, so for me, I think I've already, we, you and I have already talked about this. I think sometimes when we're like bored or like the numbers are like slow or whatever, you like get this like crazy idea of like, oh, I need to add this and I need to add this and I need to do this. And like, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. When you're looking at the numbers, just keep going with like what makes you money and what is like the best like profit margin and just stay true to that and try not to you know, get off track just because maybe sales aren't good for like a week or something because that just doesn't make any sense and it doesn't make you any money typically in the end. <laughs> yeah. It just adds complexity all yeah. over again. So yeah. Don't good. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Jennifer. Okay. Give us your, your beacon of hope. Tell everyone um, just something that can encourage them as business owners going into 2024. And then what's one non-negotiable number focused activity for you? Okay. Um, I guess I was kind of discouraged this week just with Black Friday and Small Business Saturday. And, you know, I had two sales for those two days. And it was just very discouraging looking at what I've had the past seven years compared to this year. And it was like, okay, is it even worth doing this anymore? But this week, I've had so many people come in and they're like, you know, still buying this week now and talking to me and they're like, you know, sorry, we didn't make it in. And we really appreciate you being here. And people do see you. Um, even when it feels like no one sees you, <laughs> but there I've had so many appreciative people this week that did come and buy and apologize for not being here. You know, some of them went to the game. Some of them had family things. Like you just forget all of the stuff that goes on those weeks those two days and most of the people that 
usually come in those two days have come in this week to buy and continue to support, even though it felt like, okay, why, why did I waste, you know, all of my time doing all of the things and no one cared, I guess. But so that's helped me a lot to just remind me that, you know, okay, so maybe we don't need to do all of the things, but people do appreciate you being here and we can streamline it more. You know, maybe we're not open yeah. on those days and we just do other special things yeah. for, and then you get more time at home and everything too. But you just yeah. have to learn what works and streamline it. But people do see you. People do appreciate you. It just sometimes need reminded of that. Yeah, so good. It's it's a good reminder to step back and look at the big picture, which is similar to what Jenny said. Like, don't make decisions based off of one weekend or one week. You have to keep pulling back and looking at the big picture. What's something that's been interesting because in the mastermind we benchmark. And just pulling all the information we're getting, I'm getting ready to create our 2023 comprehensive report of benchmarking. And even though our sales were down as a group, our overall gross margin continues to rise every quarter. Overall net profit continues to rise every quarter because we're focused on the right things. And that's where you have to look at the big picture. So maybe your sales are down this year, but if your profitability is up because your gross margin's up because you're doing some of the right things and you're streamlining and you're cutting, it's all about what you keep anyway. It's not about that top line number. So it's pulling back, like you said, looking at the big picture and then not making those rash decisions. What's one number focus activity, Jennifer, that, that everyone has to do in 2024? I would say make sure that your margin is that 60% or higher that you help me with because I don't, when we started, you told me to stay out of other people's pocketbooks. <laughs> I did. I was always like, oh, I don't think they can afford this. So I'm going to give them a discount on the $20 t-shirt or, and that was your biggest thing was if they're coming to you, they can't afford it. And to stay out of their pocketbooks and charge your price that you need paid to make your 60%. And that has made a huge difference in yes. my margins and my profitability. Yeah. So good. Um, we do have to do that because we, we tend to put our view of things over the top of our customer. Like we filter our, what our customer thinks and we create that in our mind for some reason. One other thing I wanted to mention that we did with your business, if anyone else is listening that does terms for their customers. So, you know, maybe you're a manufacturer, you're a maker. I've worked with other makers where they, they sell everything on terms. We looked at changing that because you are not a bank. None of you listening are the bank. And so you, to offer terms to your customers, where you're giving them the product, you're creating the product, you're giving them the product, and then they don't pay you, that can really seriously impact cash flow. So we worked with you, um, Jennifer, a lot on that and just creating some different terms where we have some down payment, some prepayment, some of our product, we, we get payment for everything up front. And that completely changed your cash flow outlook. So if anyone's listening, that was another big project you and I worked on. And you listened, you did it. Like that's hard work too, to go back to customers and say, I'm sorry, but you now need to pay up front when you never have. But you did that. You So I, I applaud you for doing that hard work. Wendy, wrap us up today. Beacon of hope and a non-negotiable numbers activity. Well, I learned this phrase a long time ago. A, a bad day does not make a bad week. A bad week does not make a bad month. And a bad month does not make a bad year. You know, I'm having a tough November. But if I just live in that moment, I'm going to fail. So instead, I just immerse myself in my business. If you can be, even if you're not full-time a face in your business, 
Um, I think Natalia mentioned earlier how much her customers appreciate seeing her and spending time with her in the store. Um, giving that over-the-top customer experience that they're not going to get when they order from Amazon, they're not going to get it when they go to the department store or to whatever competitor you have. Set yourself apart. Pick yourself up every day because you created this amazing business. You are amazing. You did not you get dumb or forget everything you knew overnight, but there's yeah. going to be weeks, bad months, and there may be bad years. But you just have to continue to remember that what you built is amazing and that you can duplicate that and you can continue mm -hmm. to push forward and just find your strength in your customers because they really are quite, I mean, they're quite an inspiration. Yeah, so good. All right, what does everyone need to focus on when it comes to their numbers in 2024? Money Mondays. Every Monday, you can't turn away from the numbers, no matter if you had a good week, a bad week. Yes. No, every, what was your average sale? What was your conversion? What was your units per customer? What was your profit margin? What sold the best? What sold the worst? You cannot run a business if you do not know the facts. It's like going on a trip to, I don't know, Canada from Alabama and I have no map. I cannot get there. So you have to know your numbers every week. And, you know, if you're doing profit first or even if you're a little scared, do some version of it where you're transferring your taxes every week, you're transferring your payroll every week, get that money out of your account so that you know what you really have to spend to buy more goods. But just yeah. really looking at every metric, every Monday, give yourself permission to have some office time. Yes. And I think what you said um, is so good. Stop hiding from it because it is what it is. Um, I'll leave everyone with this story. I This was a while ago when I first started the mastermind. We've done benchmarking forever in the group. Um, and I had one participant and she just did not put her numbers in, did not, and she, every call she's, oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then she wouldn't put them in. So finally I said, okay, tell me what is going on. Why are we not putting our numbers in? And she said, I don't like them. I don't want to look at them. And I said, here's the thing, whether you look at them or you don't look at them, they're the same. But if you look at them, we can make changes. If you ignore them, we can't do anything about it. We can't fix the problem. And so um, I would just leave everyone here with that. What can you commit to just looking at in 2024? I think the theme that we heard today was simplify, um, understand your strengths and weaknesses, look at the numbers consistently, um, and just know that customers are there. We just need to keep connecting with them in a way that they want to be connected with. So thanks everyone for jumping on and joining today and taking time away from your businesses to talk and encourage everyone else. I really do appreciate that. It's been really fun to have everybody on the call. And for those of you that are listening, thank you for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. Um, if you are looking for resources, help, encouragement, please head over to my website, sierrastockland.com. There's so many resources on there. Um, make sure to grab a copy of your book if you don't have one. Join the Facebook group if you need to. We are here to help you out and encourage you. And have a very happy holiday season, a happy new year, and I will see you all again next week. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you want to dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I want to help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me, I'll work with you soon. See you then.
Hey friend, sometimes you just need a little bit of a push or a shove to get you going. Sometimes you just need a couple tips and tricks and a few tools to get you well on your way. If that sounds like you, if you've been tuning into the Inventory Genius podcast and you are ready to take action and you just need a little push or a shove, then I want you to head on over to sierrastockland.com and sign up for the quick start. The quick start is a phenomenal way for you to get your feet wet when it comes to understanding your inventory, reading your financials, and building a profit plan for your inventory-based business. The quick start is simple and easy to use. Several recorded videos with tools and systems, with spreadsheets and worksheets. I lay it out so that it's quick, easy, bite-sized, actionable steps. I want you to start in one place and I want you to finish in another. I want you to accomplish what you set out to accomplish when you sign up for the quick start. So head on over to sierrastockland.com. Check out the quick start money makeover. I think this is just the tool that you need to get you started.